I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Mid-American Bandwagon, episode 82, coming to you live this week. It's cold, there's snow on the ground, there's ice, there's sleet, there's freezing rain, but it doesn't matter. We got Mac basketball to talk about. A lot to get to here tonight. It's uh, I feel like I'm saying this every week now, Vanzi, but man, it's uh, this area of the country, Midwest, Great Lakes, Northeast, getting pounded by this winter weather. We're really feeling it now. We got a lot to a lot to keep us distracted, though. I'd like to say, especially if you're a Mac fan, we had a full week of basketball on the men's and the women's side of things. Fancy, how you doing tonight, man? You staying warm out there? Oh yeah, you know, so far so good. Um, you know, I actually thought about, you know, if we had this as a video feed for everyone to see, I actually thought about doing it as like a Jim Cantori, Al Roker type of weather segment. <laughs> yeah. Snow in my face you know, just screaming about Matt college hoops or something like that. But, uh, you know, bless the, uh, the winter weather. Cause it did bring a schedule change at, um, snowed in missed work today at 2 PM. You had Eastern Michigan, Ohio on ESPN three. I mean, if that just isn't Mac basketball at its fullest this time of year, that, that, that was perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more those afternoon tips. You know, it's, it's one of those things Last year during the pandemic season made me realize that, you know, when teams were scheduling games without the consideration of fans in the stands, those afternoon tip offs are awesome. And I wish that would become more normalized in college basketball. I don't think I don't expect it to be because now that fans are, you know, can come back and, you know, they got to sell tickets. I understand why they, you know, tip offs are seven, seven thirty. But those afternoon tip offs, you're right. I mean, you're working, you're working from home, off from work, whatever. Turn on ESPN three, two o'clock in the afternoon. You got some Mac basketball to watch. So, yeah, I'm with you. Gave us uh, gave us a little afternoon action, little Mac basketball to get us through uh, the, your Thursday afternoon. But Vanzi, we had a we had a full week uh, in in men's and women's basketball this week in the in the MAC. We talked about it last week. You know, some of the games that had been postponed from earlier in the season are starting to be rescheduled. Uh, so had a, had a ton of games this week on both sides of the fence. Let's jump right into it here, Vanzi. Uh, big week on the men's side, and um, you know, first story. Let's 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 kick it off with this. You know, what's what's the old uh, what's the Led Zeppelin song? The song remains the same. Well, the story remains the same here in the Mac, Ohio and Toledo. They just keep rolling. And we talked last week, Banzi, about how uh, on Friday night of last week, two big games for, you know, we've had Ohio and Toledo kind of at the top of the pyramid here uh, most of the season and two teams that you could consider challengers for, for Ohio and Toledo in, you know, Akron and Buffalo, they had big opportunities to step up and prove themselves. Ohio traveled up to Buffalo to take on the bulls and Akron traveled uh, to, uh, to Northwest Ohio to take on Toledo, the zips and the bulls, both with big opportunities. Neither were really able to capitalize though, Ohio, especially with a dominant performance, over the Bulls on Friday night, 74 to 53. And even though that's a 20 point margin, Vanzi, 
it really wasn't even that close. I mean, this game was never in question. Ohio was up by 17 at halftime. Mark Sears was incredible. 27 points, nine for 18 from the field. And then all, you know, again, in, in Northwest Ohio with Toledo and Akron, Akron gave up, put up a little bit more of a fight than, uh, than uh, the, uh, the Bulls did, but still an 84 76 win for the Rockets, the Rockets offensively, they just keep rolling. It seems like I, I, I keep saying, like, I don't know if they can sustain this offensively, but they just keep doing it. I mean, 59% from the field in this game against Akron, uh, you know, they hit, you know, um, you know, 13 to 17 free throws, 17 assists on 33 made baskets. Ryan Rollins continued his incredible play, 21 points, eight for 14 from the field. And, and Vansy, I feel like a broken record, but I mean, we got to keep talking about, it. I mean, Ohio and, and Toledo really just playing fantastic basketball right now. Yeah, it definitely seems like those are the two teams that are on a collision course for Cleveland. Um, you know, again, and they have their second matchup uh, coming up this week at Toledo on Tuesday night. So we'll see if the the first result, which was a rather handedly uh, Toledo victory, really changes anything. But I just think they're just two of the most well-constructed teams. I mean, Ohio can come three or four guys deep. Uh, as prominent scores, Toledo can do the same. I don't think there's many teams in the league that has guys who complement each other so well. You know, they may not be the most flashiest, you know, teams in the league, um, but outside of their star players, but you have a complement of guys who each one can feed off of each other, do something a little bit different to get to that next point. And I look at Toledo, it seems like every time out, I mean, Ryan Rollins, you know, is probably the best player in the Mac this year. Um, but other than him, you know, you got Shoemate, you got some other guys, Dennis, who are stepping up and kind of carrying that water and making them just really a complete team. Um, Todd Kowalchuk, he, they need to get over that hump. And boy, oh boy, I mean, this is setting up one or two ways. Either Toledo is a NCAA tournament team or B, it's another resounding disappointment in Toledo because at this point for them, it's tournament or bust. But also, again, you got Ohio kind of hovering around there. If Ohio can keep winning games, you start again talking about that two-bid Mac that I so desperately want to see. Totally agreed. I think they're on a collision course there. And it is starting to seem... Like there, there is an outside, I'm not going to say it's a likelihood, but there is an outside possibility. I mean, you look at Ohio 18 and three Toledo, 18 and four, if those two teams can continue, continue this and, and in here and continue to perform well down the stretch, you never know what might happen there with those two teams, because, um, you know, I, I can't recall the last time in the Mac where we had two teams so clearly ahead of the rest of the pack at the top of the heap. Usually it's, you know, a three or four team race. It really feels like Toledo and Ohio are starting to separate themselves this year. But, you know, one other thing I wanted to touch on with these two games on, on Friday, Vansy, specifically with, with the Ohio and, and Buffalo game. And, um, you know, I've, I've, since that Ohio Buffalo game on Friday night, I've seen some speculation on Buffalo Twitter from Buffalo fans. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it, but there are starting to be some rumblings as to whether or not Jim Whitesell is the guy at Buffalo. I mean, you look at he, this is a guy, he was an assistant uh, under, under Nate Oates and, and they named him the head coach whenever Oates went down to Alabama, but the bulls, obviously two straight NCAA tournament appearances in, in Oates last two years in 2018 and 2019. Since then, in, you know, Whitesell now in his third season with only one NIT appearance to show for it. The Bulls this year 
you know, four and four in the Mac now. And I, I don't know. It just, it, it seems like there's so much talent on this team. You got Nathan Williams, you got Josh Mbala, you got, um, you know, Ronaldo Segu, all these guys. And, and these games like on Friday night against Ohio, they, they just didn't seem in it into it at all. And I don't know, Vancy. again, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with that sentiment, but there seems to be some frustration building there in upstate New York with, with how the bulls have been playing so far this year. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, Nate Oates, I don't know what size shoe he wears, but any coach who's going to try to fill, you know, his shoes is going to have a hard time. Nate Oates is one of the up-and-comers in the industry and, and yeah. maybe long-term, you know, will be uh, mentioned with what he's been able to do already. And so that's going to be a tough act to follow for anybody. Buffalo, high expectations. They got a good team. It's just not a great team like some people have come to expect there in Buffalo uh, you know, I just, I look at it and, and you talk about the pieces not fitting. It just, the pieces just don't fit the style. You know, the, the players on the court, they don't really complement each other. It seems like the ball will kind of get stuck at times. Um, you know, and, and John Beeline had this, this great quote several years ago when talking about Jordan Poole at Michigan, at times he gets an overdose of swag. Mm. And I think sometimes when I watch Buffalo, they're going up and down the court and you just want them to make better decisions and just, you know, move the ball a little bit more and maybe worry less about tempo and worry a little bit more about making a good play. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that. And it's, it's very interesting for me with Buffalo because I, I look at their, their roster and I agree with what you're saying about, you know, maybe, maybe the pieces don't always fit together, but they have so much size and so many guys underneath the basket that I would think they would be able to overwhelm teams in the Mac with, with some of the bigs they have underneath with, with uh, Josh and ball and Nathan Williams. And, you know, David Skogman has kind of emerged here a little bit for them over the last month. And they just don't seem to be able to put it all together. So, uh, you know, a, a couple um, you know, some interesting matchups coming up here over the next week or so for Buffalo. They have a chance here to kind of get back on track with you look at their, their upcoming schedule. We'll see if they're able to put a run together and get themselves back into this thing. But speaking of, you know, moving on to, to some other action this weekend, Vansy, I think, you know, a team we, we talked last week about, you know, Kent State and Bowling Green kind of being there in the middle of the pack, kind of we couldn't tell if we should be taking them seriously or not. They were inconsistent. Well, uh, Kent State kind of, I think, really kind of proved themselves a little bit this week. They go to Bowling Green on Saturday, pull out a 91-83 victory over the Falcons. They follow that up with another road victory at Miami uh, or on Tuesday of this week, 78-65. And uh, I think, you know, they, they're starting to seem to me almost a little bit like Akron last year in the sense of sincere carry. They really depend on him for everything offensively, leads the team with 17.9 points a game, also leads the team and actually leads the entire Mac with uh, just under five assists per game. But, you know, we talked about Vanzi that, you know, whichever team in, in that Bowling Green Kent State game could pick up a win there. You know, they, they have a chance to go on a run. And now we look at Kent State, all of a sudden they're sitting fourth in the conference at seven and four. They got a couple very winnable games coming up this week against Eastern Michigan and Bowling Green, both at home. All of a sudden, Vanzi, now I know, again, we've had some consistency issues with the Golden Flashes, but all of a sudden it seems like they are got this boat rowing in the right direction and they might be there in the conversation come March. Yeah. And real quick, uh, you know, you mentioned their fourth in the Mac. Well, fourth gets you to Cleveland, you know, yes. I mean, that gets you to the Mac tournament. 
Um, and tickets for that actually have just gone on sale today, I believe, or maybe yesterday. So a little bit of a shameless plug there for the conference. Uh, that's a fun venue and a, and a fun tournament. But yeah, you know, Kent State, I, we spoke last week about how Bowling Green's schedule was shaping up and we thought maybe they'd make a run. Well, it turned out to be the other way with Kent State here the last couple weeks. And you look at the schedule now and Kent State can continue to make that run and really put them, gain some ground and put them in position. You know, you're talking three or four seed, you know, for the MAC tournament there in Cleveland. And that's kind of been the Rob Senderoff MO. You know, there's been a few times where Kent State uh, you know, has knocked somebody out in Cleveland who has stolen a tournament bid, you know, and I think when you look at it, they're a team that seems, you know, schedule aided, but they seem to be, you know, peaking at the right time. And anytime you can run out a lineup that's got carry in it, you know, you got a chance to win any night. So you're starting to see them come together, starting to play their best basketball and the schedule smiling at them, you know, things just coming together at the right time there for Kent State. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And, you know, the, the only I, I'd like to sit here and say, you know, you look at Kent State's schedule this week, you got Eastern Michigan and Bowling Green both at home. You've beaten them both on the road already. And so I'd like to sit here and say, you know, I predicted that that's a two and a week for Kent State. The only thing, though, is Kent State's got to prove to me that they can be consistent. You know, they're seven and four in the Mac right now. They have wins over over Toledo. They have wins over Bowling Green. They have, you know, they they've beaten some very good teams, and yet they also have home losses to Northern Illinois and Central Michigan. They would have taken care of business in those two games. You're all of a sudden you're looking at a team that's nine and two in the conference, and right there in the com in the conversation for best team in the conference. So I got to see some consistency from Kent State before I really do take them seriously. Because again, two games this week. I mean, you beat Eastern Michigan and Bowling Green. You hold serve at home court, and you're all of a sudden you're sitting at nine and four in the the Mac, you're 14 and nine overall. You're right there in the conversation. Now, Vanzi, let's, let's talk about the other side of this for a second here. Bowling green, um, things seem to be going South a little bit there in Northwest Ohio for the Falcons, the Falcons. I mean, they lead the Mac in off they, they, they lead the Mac in scoring 82 and a half points a game. They just, they can't seem to stop anybody right now. Vanzi giving up almost 80 a game on the defensive end, like 78 and a half points a game. And you look at, you know, their, their, uh, their performances this week. I mean, you know, they come, they let Kent state comes into the Stroh center in Northern Northwest Ohio. They're in Bowling green. Kent state scored 58 points in the second half of that game. 91 to 83. Uh, the flashes, uh, won that one 52% from the field over 40% from three point land. And I, I don't Vansy. I just, when I look at Bowling green, when I watch Bowling green play, it's not a talent problem. I mean, Samari Curtis is good. He, if inconsistent, Daquan Plowden is still there. You know, Trey Diggs is, I'd put him in the same bucket as Samari Curtis. Good. If yet, if inconsistent, but it's, it's not talent to me. It's, it's effort. And I watch them on defense and man, Kent stayed in the second half of that game. They just did whatever they wanted. I mean, 58 points in one half of basketball. There's a lot of teams that aren't scoring 58 in an entire game. And it's starting to seem to me, I, Again, similar to, to what I said about you know Jim Whitesell up at Buffalo, I'm not going to sit here and say whether or not I agree or disagree with the speculation, but there's starting to be some rumblings there at Bowling Green that they might need to look at a coaching change this offseason. And when I see, when I watch a team like that where effort seems to be the main issue, 
it oftentimes, you know, I'm, it seems to me almost as if he's he's losing that team a little bit. And that's not a good place to be if you're a Bowling Green fan because we talked about last week how the way their schedule was setting up with that Kent State game, and then they follow that up with a loss at Central Michigan the other night. Now, you know, instead of potentially, you know, ripping off a couple good wins. Now you're looking at, you have an 0-2 stretch. You got a couple interesting games coming up. You're playing, you know, you got another game against Kent State. You got to go on the road after that. I don't know. Things don't seem to be going well for the Falcons right now. Yeah, and real quick, uh, on the Kent State subject, I just wanted to mention, you know, EMU and Bowling Green this week for Kent State. Their next three games after that, I just looked it up, rivalry game against Akron, then Toledo, and Ohio. So yeah. you almost have to go 2-0 and if you want to hold Serb in the Mac if you're Kent State. But, yeah, looking at Bowling Green, and I, my heart kind of breaks for that program, one of the longest tournament droughts in the MAC, if not the longest there. And they had that great run uh, with Justin Turner during the Michael Huger era, you know, when it was just kind of in its infancy, infancy there. And then COVID came in, and they didn't, they didn't even get a chance to play in the MAC tournament, let alone the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And just ever since then, it's been just kind of going downhill. And I feel bad for the program. I feel bad for Michael Huger because I think they might have been the best MAC team that year. Uh, they got a great arena. But when I watch Bowling Green, they're real inconsistent. And, you know, and I think what I'm seeing is you see some inconsistency, but you also see some inconsistent effort. Yeah. And when you see that inconsistent effort, that speaks to maybe what some Bowling Green fans are saying on the interwebs about, you know, Huger and and potentially losing that team. Because like you said, it's not a talent issue at all. It just seems to be a consistency and consistency of effort issue. Um, you know, and it just seems like they one thing they need is they just need that guy. You know, that guy, if you put Ryan Rollins on Bowling Green, it's probably a different story. They got a lot of complimentary pieces, but they don't seem to have that guy who, when they need a bucket, can just take over the ball game or just will them to stay into a ball game. And, uh, you know, and also when you get later into the season and they're starting to lose what they're playing for, when you get to that point, it's, it's going to be tough to, to maintain that effort. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And, uh, you know, you look at, you know, I mean, you, you mentioned that the two years ago, the 2019 season, 2019-2020 season for Bowling Green. I mean, 21 wins that year, 12 and 6 in the MAC. Very likely that they could have gone to the tournament that year. And unfortunately, as you mentioned, kind of the, the rug got pulled out from underneath them. And, you know, you look at their upcoming schedule here. They seem, uh, you know, they got, you got Northern Illinois on Saturday, but then you follow that up. You got at Kent State, at Miami, then you go, you know, got Buffalo. So, you know, there's some winnable games in there, but I just, again, as you mentioned, the inconsistency of effort, the way they're playing right now, it seems like they have a lack of confidence at the moment. Going to be interesting. We'll see if, if the, the Falcons are able to, to kind of right the ship here this week. I want to talk a, a little bit here, Vanzi. You know, a, a team that we haven't had a chance to say much good about this year, but I think they deserve it this week. And that's Tony Barbie in the Central Mission Chippewas. We, you know, they had an eight-game losing streak earlier this year. They have been severely affected by COVID. But the Chippewas, uh, despite losing their leading scorer, Jermaine Jackson, a couple weeks ago, they go 2-0 and this week. We mentioned that win against Bowling Green, 78-74. That was preceded by a gritty 69-63 win on the road at Northern Illinois. And Vanzi, you know, we've talked, we haven't had, again, there hasn't been a lot good to say about Central Michigan this year. It's been really been a struggle in Tony Barbie's first season. But all of a sudden, Central Michigan is 3-3 three and three in the MAC. 
I'm not sitting here saying they're going to win the conference or even that they're going to go to the conference tournament in Cleveland, but it's, it seems like things are starting to turn a corner uh, for the Chippewas. I mean, you look, especially in that game against Bowling Green uh, the other night, a really, really nice game. Got to give a shout out to uh, Kevin Miller, the, the the true freshman point guard in this one. 21 points, 10 of 16 from the field, 12 assists and seven rebounds. And Vansy, you know, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, Central Michigan and how, you know, we weren't sure uh, how they were going to be able to respond with uh, with Jermaine Jackson Jr. withdrawing from school. But all of a sudden, the Chippewas seemed to be playing pretty well. Yeah, they scored uh, 69 and a nice win over NIU. And, you know, you talk about the COVID pauses. And this is a team that really was struck hard by the COVID pauses. And they're just now kind of coming back and getting, you know, some decent time together. So really, you kind of look at the early parts of the MAC schedule almost as if it's a preseason. You got to kind of wonder, you know, is this the true team? Um, you know, I mean, losing Jackson, we thought was going to hurt, but then you kind of wonder, well, you know, was he maybe more of an anchor instead of a, a fulcrum of some sort for this team? So, you know, yeah, good for them um, building some momentum. You know, they're all of a sudden sitting there at 500 in the Mac. I never would have thought it. I thought this was a, a team that was down and out. So a great coaching job there. Um, Got to feel good about if, if nothing else, the fight in this team and not giving up because after a couple of COVID pauses, you know, some, you know, your leading scorer transferring out, a lot of people thought this team, myself included, that it was going to fold up and say, Hey, we're done. Um, you know, they're trending up. Eastern Michigan's trending down. Western's just staying pretty bad, you know? So you start looking at that and central may, you know, have a case for being the best Mac team in the state of Michigan by the end of the season. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One last thing I wanted to touch on here this week, Vansy, before we take a look at the week ahead. Uh, Another team that we talked about a little bit last week, trending downward. Uh, The bottom seemed to fall out a little bit this week on Miami. Two awful first half from the Red Hawks. uh, They go up to Eastern Michigan last Saturday. They give up 55 points to the Eagles in the first half. Eastern Michigan been struggling to score 55 points in a game over the last couple of weeks. Uh, they did it in the half against Miami. The Red Hawks down 27 points in the first half of that one. Come back a little bit in the second half, but by that time, the, the, the outcome had been decided. 85-75, the final there. They follow that up with another abysmal first half performance. They give up 50 points at home. Uh, in the first half to Kent State. They're down 26 points in halftime in that game. Again, they come back a little bit in the second half, but by that time, the, the, the outcome has been decided. 
Miami, you know, they had some good, uh, they had some really nice performances there at the beginning of the year, some nice games in non-conference. They open up the conference play schedule with uh, a 91-81 win on the road at Buffalo. But since then, Vanzi, it's been a struggle for the Red Hawks. They've lost four of five now. They got two games coming up this week against Akron. All of a sudden, it seems like the Jack Owen squad is kind of in some dire straits. Yeah, I, I, you know, and the way Eastern Michigan has been going, I thought that was a game, you know, as an Eastern Michigan supporter, I, I was a little worried about when to see Eastern Michigan come in there and just really could just jump out and just blow the doors off them from the start. Um, you know, they came back a little bit later, but I I was surprised. And it just, you know, the their calling card just from early on in the season, what we were seeing from them just hasn't been there right now. Um, for whatever reason. And they've been a team that I've been bullish on. I thought, you know, that I, I had a soft spot for them. I thought they would surprise, but uh, here getting down the stretch where it matters the most, you know, they're just kind of heading the other direction. And, um, you know, it's, it's disappointing to see, um, you know, for that squad. Cause I thought Jack Owens, you know, he was a sleeper potentially for coach of the year, very early in the conference season. And uh, yeah, just kind of getting away from them. Um, you know, here of late. Yeah. And I mean, you look back at some of their early results. I mean, they open up the season with that road win at Georgia tech. They give, you know, they give Cincinnati all they can handle. They end up losing that game by just one point. They go down to Clemson, give Clemson all they can handle in that game. Uh, Again, they, they open up road, uh, excuse me. They open up conference play with that road win at Buffalo. And, and it's just been all downhill from then since that Buffalo game, Red Hawks uh, are two and six uh, overall. So, couple games this week against Akron we'll see if uh, if the Red Hawks can right the ship but it, it certainly seems like it's a it's a tough uh, tough mountain to climb for uh, for Jack Owens and his squad here uh, coming down the stretch of the season as we move into February uh, Vansy let's take a look at the uh, the week ahead here we got another full week of games another Friday night uh, national television doubleheader uh, we got Miami and Akron t- at 6 30 on CBS Sports Network and then Toledo and Ball State at nine o'clock on ESPNU I love these these Friday night national television games that the Mac has been getting the last month or so great for exposure for the conference any uh, any games on the on the schedule this week that uh, you're particularly excited for yeah, um, one I do want to mention was Eastern Michigan, Ohio earlier today. You know, there's an ice storm in that area, and Ohio had a decent crowd. So I wanted to get that in at some point during this podcast. I was, you know, impressed by that. I'm somewhat surprised. Not a great crowd, but a decent one. But, you know, looking at the intriguing games of the week ahead, I'm just going to go with Toledo. Toledo against Ohio and Toledo against Ball State. I think those are, uh, you know, Ball State's kind of hanging around on that second fringe of MAC teams good not you know good not terrible um you know and then you got ohio and toledo i mean that just says it all right there you could say that that game's being played at you know the whatever it's called now rocket mortgage field house and the winner goes to the ncaa tournament and it would be fitting you know so uh ohio's got to have a better showing and uh, after they you know got lost you know pretty bad uh, to toledo the first time down in athens ohio joe burrow country down there um you know gotta think that they're geared up for this one i don't know how it's going to go on savage you know savage arena um if they couldn't do more with home court advantage so we'll see yeah i mean i think that the the conversation has to start this week with the ohio toledo rematch on tuesday night seven o'clock there um at toledo 
I mean, Toledo, I, again, I, I keep saying it offensively. They're playing so well right now that offensive display that they put on in Athens a couple weeks ago when they knocked off the Bobcats, handing the uh, Ohio their only Mac loss of the season thus far was one of the most impressive offensive performances I've seen in the conference this year. So we'll see if they're able to follow that up and, and get the season sweep on the Bobcats. The two teams I'm keeping my eyes on this week, Vanzi, two teams we already talked about a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm really keeping my eye on Kent State and Buffalo this week. With Kent State, you got two teams on the, on, the, on the schedule, two games on the schedule, I should say, that you should win. You got Eastern Michigan coming in uh, to Kent on Saturday. And then that gets followed up with uh, the Bowling Green comes in on uh, on Tuesday. You, you've beaten both of these teams already. If you want to be taken seriously as a contender in the conference, these are the games that you have to win. And they've struggled with consistency this year. And if Sincere Carey can keep playing at the level he's playing at, then I don't see any reason why Gold, the, the Golden Flasses shouldn't win these games. But I could have said that about the Northern Illinois game earlier this, or excuse me, last month, or even, you know, the, the, the Central Michigan game before that. With Buffalo, they seem to be a little bit on shaky ground right now. And same, same, uh, same boat as Kent State. You got two games this week that you should win. You got Saturday, you got, you go travel up to Mount Pleasant to take on, uh, take on Central Michigan. And then on Tuesday, you got Eastern Michigan coming to upstate New York to take on the Bulls. So those are two teams this week that I'm keeping an eye on. I want to see if Kent State can keep the momentum going. And I want to see if Buffalo can kind of get things going back in the right direction here, sitting at four and four in the conference. I don't think anyone expected them to be at 500 halfway through conference play. Let's uh, let's move over to the women's side of things here, Vanzi. Interesting week on the women's side of the fence. Um, Ohio, I think you know. Let's let's start with the Bobcats because we talked last week about how it seemed like okay, Ohio is back. At least that's what I thought. That really is what I thought. They had a three and zero week last week. Follow that up with a really disappointing zero and two week here. Losses to to Ball State and to uh, Western Michigan. Western Michigan is a team we've talked about too. They're hanging around. Uh, Ball State, we'll talk about here in a minute. They seem to be getting getting some things together. But, I mean, Ohio losing at home by 10 to Ball State. Uh, they actually lose both of these games by 10 points. They lose to Ball State 84-74. Uh, Western Michigan knocks them off 74-64. to All of a sudden, you know, I thought last week, like, okay, this is a three-team three team race here now. Ohio's back in the things. But now, all of a sudden, they lose two in a row. They're five and four. They fall back all the way to sixth place, 11-7 and seven overall. All of a sudden, I'm not so sure about the Bobcats again. Yeah, um, you know, it's been kind of an up and down. For the women's side of things, there's been so many teams that have been kind of our darlings, you know, started with Kent State early, then they took a step yeah. back. Buffalo took a step back. Uh, and Ohio's taken a step back. So really, it's kind of a muddled picture there. Um, we were feeling pretty good about Ohio, but yeah, definitely a bad week. Um, Got to give it up to Western Michigan. I feel, you know, and like I look at my notes and you said, you know, hey, they're hanging around. Well, that's what my notes say. You know, they're hanging around. Yeah. Um, you know, they just keep finding ways to win basketball games, even though, you know, we haven't been too high on them, but they're staying in that mix, in that picture, um, having a pretty good season. So that's, you know, great for them. Good to see. I know they they lost to NIU, not, not the best result there, but they're still right in the mix um so far and also bowling green hanging around they lost to toledo by a few but yeah definitely uh ohio taking that step back um just man it's just such parody you know just it's hard to say you know i felt really good about buffalo um you know it's just hard to say one way or the other 
Yeah, it really is. And, you know, you, you mentioned Western Michigan and yeah, I, I really, I mean, it's time, I think, to start taking them seriously as a legitimate contender here uh, in the conference. I mean, I think they honestly, they might have perhaps the most underrated duo in, in the Mac. You got Lauren Ross at guard. She's averaging 18 and a half points a game, shooting 45% from the field. And then you got Taylor Williams underneath, uh, you know, as, as a kind of a power forward. She's shooting, you know, she's giving you 11 and a half points a game and almost also nine and a half rebounds a game. One of the leading rebounders in the conference also gives you over. She's giving you over a one block a game. She's in the top five in the conference in blocks as well. This Western Michigan team, you know, that especially I think that Ohio win was kind of a statement win for them. You know, they were coming off. They had uh, they had lost at Bowling Green the game before that. I think with Western Michigan, I, I need to see them similar to what we were saying about Kent State on the men's side of things. I need to see some consistency with them. You know, they lose to Bowling Green. They come back with a great win against Ohio. Then they lose at home uh, to Northern Illinois. They follow that up the other night with a nice win on the road at Akron, who's right there uh, in that same kind of group. You know, got Western Michigan at third, Akron at fourth in the standings right now. Two good stories, though. But I agree with you. I think, um, you know, as much as Ohio may be disappointing us a little bit thus far, along with Kent State. Western Michigan has really exceeded expectations. Obviously, Toledo has as well, being picked eighth in the conference uh, to start the season and sitting now at 10 and one. But that, you know, that's a whole different conversation. I, I, I like uh, what I'm seeing from, from the Broncos thus far. Another team I wanted to touch on here this week, Vanzi, seemingly come out of nowhere, team that we haven't really talked about a ton uh, on the podcast, but Ball State. All of a sudden, the Cardinals have now won four in a row uh, here uh, in conference play. And that includes the aforementioned win at Ohio the other night. Now, all of a sudden, Ball State uh, sitting six and four in the conference. They're tied with Akron for fourth right now. Only a game behind Buffalo, who's in second place. And this Ball State team, again, the four, four straight wins, they've won on the road. Their last two games on the road at Buffalo and at Ohio, and they've won them both. I mean, those are two of perhaps the most impressive wins in the conference thus far this season. You go back a couple weeks as well. You know, they played uh, Toledo at home, gave the Rockets all they could handle, 58-55. to 55. That was their last loss. Since then, they've ripped off four straight victories. And all of a sudden, again, Vance, you know, not a team that we've, we've talked a ton about, but all of a sudden you got, you know, Anna Clefane and uh, Sydney Freeman leading this team and ball States right there in the conversation now. Yeah. And you know, for I'm here in Michigan and part of the John Beeline staple and he was at Michigan and, and Tom Izzo's made a career out of it is peaking at the right time. You know, mm-hmm. you get in that late season push, you know, going into the conference tournament, going into the NCAA tournament and you, if you're seeing that from ball state right now, and I need a larger sample, I mean, right now they're tied for fourth in the conference. Well, that gets you to Cleveland, yeah. you know, and, and that gives you a chance to potentially make the NCAA tournament. And with some of these crazy results that we have seen, who knows what happens once you get to Cleveland, you know, I mean, it's, it could be anybody's race. Um, so ball state is sitting pretty good here now, you know, you talk about it though. I feel like every week we're talking about a team. Well, if they have another good week, if they have another good week, and then most of the times the next week we come back and we're like, well, we're wrong on that one. <laughs> yes. you know? so, um, we may be giving them the kiss of death here somewhat, but yeah, they, uh, they, you know, they've had probably, as you were saying, some of the more impressive losses or I mean, more impressive victories in the Mac um here you know and then they're peaking at the right time making that postseason push 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I mentioned them with the really impressive win at Ohio the other night. Well, Ohio makes the return trip to Muncie to Worthen Arena uh, this week on Wednesday. Uh, The Bobcats taking on the Cardinals at 630 is tip there in uh, in Muncie on Wednesday. Vanzi, any uh, any other games or any other storylines on the women's side of things this week that you wanted to touch on that we didn't get to talk about? Well, yeah, um, you know, I see that uh, Akron's Dawson won the Mac Player of the Week. Um, boy, we've had such parity with that award uh, this season. Just really kind of just seems like every week there's a different player. So that's cool to see. Um, also, this week ahead, uh, you know, boy, I, I look at the schedule. Not a not a real great schedule on the women's sides of things. Um, I'd probably go Bowling Green, Ball State for the game to watch. You know, I think yeah. Bowling Green's kind of in that second tier Ball State is in that second tier. You know, this one, I think the loser you can write off, the winner you can say, hey, they're making a push. Yeah, totally agree with that. I think uh, Ball State is a team I'm watching this week. I I mentioned on Wednesday night, Ohio makes the return trip to Muncie. Uh, Bobcats and Cardinals, uh, 6.30 on uh, Wednesday night in Muncie. That's definitely a game I have circled. And, you know, I'm also... Um, I, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on, on, on Western Michigan this week because this is a team, as you mentioned, Vanzi, they continue to, to hang around a couple of big games this week. They take on, uh, they take on uh, Buffalo on, on Monday, and then they take on Akron on Wednesday. If they can string together another 2-0 week here for Western Michigan, all of a sudden you're sitting at 8-3. and three. You're right there in the thick of things, and I don't know if anyone's going to catch Toledo at this point. I mean, the Rockets are really, really playing good basketball. Again, they're sitting atop of the conference 10-1. and one. They're two and a half games out in front of everybody else. Buffalo's sitting in second at... Uh, at seven and three. So I don't know. It, it, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's a race for second place right now, but Toledo certainly does seem to be playing, uh, playing really, really good basketball. And it's, you know, they look like they're going to be tough to, to knock off that perch at, at the top of the, uh, at the top of the mountain. So um, that'll wrap it up for us this week here, folks. Another great week of Mac basketball. We're only a couple weeks away from baseball season. The week after next, we're going to have a nice little Mac baseball preview that we're going to put together here for you. Uh, Vanzi, any final thoughts, any wise words, or any wisdom for the, uh, the, the good of the people? Um, well, wisdom and me, I don't know if that goes hand in hand. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you know it, just be safe out there. A lot of bad weather um, going on right now. Um, some weird start times we've had some cancellations some things of that nature looks like we're moving past that as this weather goes through the country so hopefully we'll be back to the you know normal schedules getting away from COVID and all that and it's shaping up I mean it's you know it's time uh, the MAC tournament tickets like I said are on sale for Cleveland that's a worthwhile event if you can go and uh, all these teams are, are trying to punch their ticket and uh, it's shaping up to be some good basketball here down the stretch. So much parody. I mean, you know, it's, it's looking, it's a great time to be in a glass city uh, with Toledo basketball, but really almost everywhere you got something to look forward to down the stretch. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. With, uh, with the, with the bad weather, the bad roads out there, ESPN three is your friend. If you're a Mac fan, you got tons of, tons of basketball, tons of college hoops on this time of the year. So plenty to entertain you staying at home, staying safe. That'll wrap it up for us uh, this week here on the bandwagon episode 82. As always, thanks for stopping by folks for my partner in crime, Zach Vanuenzi. I am Zach Folidor. Thanks for stopping by this week, folks. We'll see you next Friday.